The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Yo, what is going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Philly Pod brought to you by thelibertyline.com. I'm your host, as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod. If you are new to the show, appreciate you guys for checking it out. Be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Uh, be sure to leave those reviews, rate five stars. We say it over and over again. It does help with the exposure of the show. Be sure to do that for us. Uh, if you don't enjoy it, rate it five stars anyway, and we'll repay you uh, another way. We'll figure it out. But thank you guys for taking care of that. Uh, for us, we can taste training camp. We are so close. We mentioned it in the last episode. We are now just a few days out from training camp and actually having uh, something of substance worth talking about instead of dialing up stuff on the rumor mill and trying to figure out what the Eagles aren't doing or what they could potentially be doing. So very excited for the start of training camp. I'm usually joined by uh, Stephen Conrad Jr., you know, fan favorite Stephen Conrad Jr., uh, but not for this particular episode. For today's episode, we're going to be going over uh, Eagle season props for you, uh, uh, how do I put it, degenerate gamblers out there like myself. We're going to have a lot of futures talks uh, on the show, and even if you're not a gambler, a lot of good information about potential uh, statistic benchmarks that Jalen Hurts and other players could reach this season and kind of uh, kind of uh, projecting where his stats will be at in 2023. So to help me uh, talk about that on this show, you can follow him on Twitter at Jedi Modi. He is Matt Modi. He's a former data analyst of Odds Jam. He is the mastermind. If, you, if you're coming here from Twitter, you know uh, that he's up over 40 units on the Dong Report, which is strictly <laughs> home runs, the most volatile market you can possibly bet on. And if you are making money of any, of any facet in home runs, let alone 40-plus units, you're doing something right. So very excited to have uh, Matt join the show today, help go over some uh, uh, some uh, futures lines with us to help you guys out there make money and project where the Eagles are going to be at offensively and defensively uh, in the coming season. Matt, how's it feel, man? We've been talking for a little bit now, pitching ideas back and forth on uh, about the show, and finally got you up on here in the uh, in the dog days of summer before training camp starts. How's it feel? It feels good. Yeah, it feels like it's a long time coming. I remember trying to get you on a live stream for the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship. Oh. Uh, and then we had some technical difficulties with Twitter. So now six months later, one heartbreak <laughs> later, <laughs> I'm back. I love how when you when people introduce me, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's doing well. He's betting home runs, the Dong Report. You have to, like, very quickly skip over what the name of the, the I don't know, the, the title is, whatever you want to say. Like, yeah, like the Dong Report, report. it's home runs. It's home report. runs. Everyone, let me be clear. It's home runs. <laughs> Yeah, we all enjoy betting dongs, you know, for us. Everybody right? does. Everybody, Everybody does. does. I've yet to hit a uh, home run parlay. Yeah, I need that feeling just one time, and then I'll leave it alone. It's the only reason I'm chasing it. Just one three-leg home run that'll cash me out at 1000 bucks, and that's it, and I'll leave it alone. I just want to experience the feeling one time. I'm tired of seeing the tickets on Twitter of all these names and random combinations of guys that I would never think of. Tailing guys are supposed to hit that don't hit. It gets, it gets uh, very discouraging. So one of these days, I'm going to hit. Uh, home runs but if you're not a baseball better not to worry we're going to be talking about a lot 
of NFL here. Uh, before we get into it, Matt, just kind of give people uh, a rundown, I guess, who you are, what you do, how'd you get into this field, and so on and so forth. The floor is yours for a few minutes here. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, as you mentioned, um, in a previous life, as of like two months ago, I was, uh, AGM like to call me their data analyst. Basically, I was, before I even worked in sports, I was a data analyst as my full-time job at like tech companies. Like I used to work for Salesforce. Um, always had the dream of working in sports never was quite able to make that a reality. And then I just started kind of quote unquote producing content. Ajam found me on Twitter, asked me to do YouTube content for them. Uh, did that for six months and they brought me on full time where I worked there for a little bit over a year. So I basically knew nothing about sports betting and was losing a ton of money. And then I started working for Ajam and I learned a bunch of stuff and now I am actually making money sports betting. So admittedly, a lot of their product is specifically focused on like um, two-way markets, not necessarily futures, but you can still apply the same type of um, thought analysis and stuff to futures bets. So yeah, that's me. As you mentioned, you can find me on on Twitter at Jedi Modi. I got a, I got a YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to be here. I'm always excited to, to talk birds. I kind of cultivated more of like a sports betting following. So now I'm able to talk any Philly sports. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, you left out cursed Philly fan, unless you did mention that, but you are a Philly I, fan, right? Philly oh, Dolphins. yeah, I should mention that part. <laughs> should I mention am, that. The Eagles I, yeah, you're hat, right. let them know, man. <laughs> you're right. I guess you can't see my background because this is a podcast. No, I got an Eagles hat on. I got a signed Brian Westbrook jersey that I got signed at the first Super Bowl. Uh, well, I guess I should say the, the one that they won back in 2017. So, no, yeah. yeah, huge Eagles fan, huge Sixers fan, huge Phillies fan. The Flyers, I could, you know, whatever. They're fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, We got Eagles, a kid. He's coming in three years. He's the next... The next Connor Sydney, McGregor, apparently. Sydney or not Connor yeah. McGregor. Uh, yes. No, not Sydney. Uh, Connor McDavid. Sorry, wrong. Connor, Connor McDavid. Yeah. I knew yeah, you yeah. yeah. No, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about Dennis Kelly and Doriel Green Beckham. So I am right there with the sickos, with the Eagles knowledge. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Sorry about the Sixers part of it. We're all living this, uh, uh, <laughs> this spiral of James Harden, Joel Embiid, all, all, one eye off the door and all this drama. That's going on now. James Harden's apparently about to make it ugly. Whatever he's ready to make it uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, yeah. Because yeah. okay. because well. we were super comfortable before. Because <laughs> we um, were definitely comfortable last year. Yeah, right? game six oh, and seven, I was very comfortable. But now, yeah, cozy, perched up. Yeah. yeah, very, very, very nice. Yeah, I don't allow uh, rival fans unless I have a sole purpose of like eye on the enemy or something like that. But yeah, Eagles yeah. fans only allowed on the show, so we don't just bring random random ass analysts on here. We got, we got Philly, Philadelphia uh, following. So be sure to go follow him on Twitter, Jedi Modi. Follow his YouTube channel. If you want to make some money, if you don't, uh, don't follow him because he yeah. – yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So, Matt, here we are. Your, your forte. We don't talk a whole lot of gambling and props on the show, but we're going to do it now uh, to try – and pass the time here. So the first prop for everybody wondering kind of what this is, you can go and find these props over at FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. If you don't have an account, we'll have links in the description of this podcast so that you can go um, join up, take take advantage of all the free bet offers so that you can use the bonus bets to bet on these things. That will eventually turn into real money. So go ahead and take advantage of that. So Matt, the first prop I want to discuss with you is a simple one. We have a win total for the Philadelphia Eagles, currently set at 11 and a half wins. Uh, of course, they went 14 and three last year. Gardner Minshew lost two of those games. <laughs> uh, the Jalen Hurts lost the one. Well, you can argue that Quez Watkins lost the one, or the refs lost it on or the, the Goddard yep. Facebook fumble. However, you want to you want to word it. Uh, but the Eagles' win total right now is set currently at 11 wins. Uh, you look at the injury luck they had last year, it looks like the books aren't expecting the Eagles to repeat that same luck, probably expecting some type of regression 
Uh, maybe expecting perhaps maybe some superstar or, or, or diva behavior from A.J. Brown. Is he going to be a little more comfortable this year? Is he going to be comfortable demanding the ball a little bit more? Last year he was kind of, you know, getting to know everybody. It's my first year here. Don't want to ruffle any feathers. Is there going to be any tension drama this year? You saw, you saw hints of that in the Giants game where we were winning by however much and A.J. Brown's upset on the sidelines. Is there going to be any dissension, any drama, any injuries? Who knows? But the books are anticipating some type of regression for the Philadelphia Eagles come next season. How do you feel about their win total currently set at 11 and a half hens? Uh, if you had to bet on it, are you going over or under? Yeah, it's a good line. I, um, I struggled with this one a lot because, you know, you want to say 12 wins is a lot. And then you realize the Cowboys have won 12 wins in back-to-back years. Last year and two years ago, they won 12. Uh, as you mentioned, we won 14 last year, but then it's like, New offensive coordinator and new defensive coordinator. Now, I'm all about roasting Jonathan Gannon. I'm not going to sit here and say one positive thing about Jonathan Gannon. But at least we knew they could smash weaker competition. This year, that's an unknown. we got five new starters on defense. They could be better. They could be worse. They'll probably be better against the top quarterbacks. But maybe they won't be as good against, like, you know, the Kenny Picketts of the world. Um, they got a significantly harder schedule, but it's backloaded. So... You know, if there are kinks to work out, you hope that it's worked out in the first half. And then, you know, they'll be one of the elite teams in the second half. As you mentioned, can't rely on the same injury luck. So, honestly, I really, really struggled with this one. I don't know if I'm allowed to have a pass. If I have to give an answer, I probably will. Gun to your head. Like, you have to put 50 bucks on the over or the under. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I hate to do this on an Eagles podcast, but i probably take the under just because, like, you look at... You, I mean, can you know? Can you tell me the last time they won double-digit games? I'm not even talking 12, but double-digit games in back-to-back years. Can you can you tell me? Uh, what was what was the what was the Chip Kelly years when Howie Roseman said 10 wins isn't good enough? They went 10 and six back to back, but missed that's the playoffs. What it, right? That's what it was. That was the last time. So last time they won the Super Bowl, what 2017? They won nine games two years in a row, and then the wheels fall off the third year. So obviously things are different. You know, Hertz is not is not one extra week. One extra He's week. Not, one extra week. That's a good point. And I and, and you know, Hertz is not Carson Wentz for a lot of reasons, but most importantly, he's not coming off of a serious injury. Let's talk about the durability for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think I think if you're, you know, assigning outcomes, the most likely scenario probably is that they they go under. But you know, they go five and one in the NFC East. They they beat up on the the weaker competition that they have at the beginning of the year, and that's twelve wins in and of itself. So. Again, I really struggled with this one. If I was if I was giving advice, my official advice would be pass. But if I had to give a pick, and I hate doing this on an Eagles podcast, I would probably say the under is the more likely scenario. Mm, Eleven and six, huh? That's where you have them. Eleven and six next year. <laughs> Eleven and six. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it seems seems wise with you know an objective view without the Eagles shades on. It's it's tough to expect them to have the same success, like you said, significantly. Uh, tougher schedule they have that death march of like Dallas then Kansas City then Buffalo then San Fran then Dallas again then Seattle if you have to come out of that three and three to feel good about yourself so so hopefully they they they, they start the beginning of the year uh fairly well before they have to deal with all of that in the uh in the winter time so yeah I'm going under there for 11 and a half wins is that uh, what you're, as as, that's what you're going as well. Sorry to interrupt you. You're doing. You're doing uh, I would well. lean. I would lean under. Yeah, I would lean. Yeah, I would lean okay. under. I think I still have them as favorites to win the NFC, but it's strictly a win total. Does 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 eleven wins get you the top seed in the NFC though? They probably don't get the top seed if you're at eleven wins. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, like the Cowboys are going to win games in the regular season and then choke in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Forty Niners probably like, to the Forty ers in the divisional round. Yeah, again, or, or in the wild card <laughs> round. Let's not sell them. Short, or the wild card. Yeah, it could be the wild card round where they or win and go home in week eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then there's like, you know, there's always some surprise team, like, could, you know, Seattle, whatever. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but. Um, Seattle wouldn't yeah. be a surprise from my perspective. They, they're true. the second best team in the NFC, in my, in my opinion. They did a lot. They brought in. Uh, people gave them crap for drafting Zach Charbonnet, but you put him with Kenneth Walker. I think that's a good one-two punch. You have Jackson Smith and Jigbo with DK, Gino. You just need him to be the same as he was last year. You got Devon Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen. That's a really nice team yeah. put together there. I have them slated as second best. Forget Dallas and all these other teams I got. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't hate that. I mean, it, it really depends on Geno Smith. Like, is he a one-year wonder or not? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Because he didn't start for, like, basically 10 years, and then he had this incredible year. <laughs> got but yeah, I mean, from the a, jaw the whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> but from a talent perspective alone, I mean, even their offensive line, which was horrible, pretty much every year Russ was there, like, had two rookies that played well last year. So, yeah, I mean, they could easily be a team that ends up getting the one seed. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Right, right. So we have the Eagles uh, under 11 and a half wins. On to the players now. We have quite a few here for Jalen Hurts. Uh, first is his passing yards. His line is currently set at 3,625 total passing yards. Uh, factor in, he's he's going to play the whole year. Let's assume he's going to play or play mostly every game. Even while missing two games last season, he did throw for 3,701 yards. So he did go above that line uh, even while missing two games. Uh, do you expect Jalen Hurts to have the same type of production from a passing perspective next season? Do you expect him to run less now that he got paid? Which side of the fence are you sitting on when it comes to 3,625 for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, so this is one of my favorite of the entire ones we're going to talk about, him going over this number. Uh, there should be an article coming out any, any day now on the Liberty Line detailing exactly why I like him to go over. Um I think you mentioned this. I was just looking at my notes. He went over this last year, and that's with missing two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in order to cash this over, he basically needs to average two hundred and like basically two hundred and fourteen passing yards a game. If he, if, assuming he plays all seventeen, even if he misses two games, he would need to average like I don't know two hundred, roughly two hundred and forty. And I feel like last year was the perfect year for him to not have a lot of passing yards because. And I looked into this because I, I mean I did a, like a huge deep dive on it. They he so he started 15 games. They held a lead at halftime in 13 of those games, and they had a double digit lead in seven of those 15 games. Literally, basically half the games that he started, they were winning by double digits at halftime. So he barely needed to throw the ball. Like I can really really only think of the two games were the Washington game that they lost and the uh, Indianapolis game that they won at the very end. Other than that, like he just didn't need to throw in the second half, especially, you know, the blowouts like against the Giants in the first game against the Commanders and uh, the Titans and the Steelers, just games where he never needed to throw the ball. So looking at him, like he, he, I think what, um, quarterbacks that were bad through more passing attempts and that didn't even start the whole year had more pass attempts than him in the second half. Like Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, all had more passing attempts than Hurts in the second half. So I think even if they're, you know, they win 14 games again, it's 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 unlikely that they have they have that same success specifically in the first half. So he's probably going to need to pass more. If he's going to pass more, he's probably going to pass for more yards. And we'll talk about this in, in the other prop. He's probably not going to run, hopefully, from for our for our mental health, run as much as he did last year. Like we don't need any any QB keepers in Chicago in December in a game mm-hmm. that they're going to win anyways. So. I know Nick Sirianni was like, you know, we're not going to pay him more to do less, but maybe you should in specific instances. So I think from a passing perspective, like he's probably going to take another leap, you would assume, or even if he's stagnant and doesn't take a leap, he'll probably cash this solely because they probably won't be as good of a team as they were 
last year. So him going over this number is my, is one of my favorite plays. Like I said, of all the ones we're going to talk about, I love him to go over. Yeah, I think it correlates well with the uh, with the win under because if they're going to win less games, that means they might potentially be playing from behind more, which means Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing more, which means we expect more 250, 300-plus passing yard games, which should clear him uh, over that number fairly easily. Now, DraftKings has Jalen Hurts to have 4,000 passing yards at plus 200. I, I assume, based on on your the facts you just laid out, that you would see value in that in that prop specifically. Yeah, that's a play. I mean, plus 200 odds equates to a win percentage of like 30, basically one third. And from my, I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't run a bunch of simulations. I'm not that kind of data analyst, but I just if you think about it, if you know you play the season 10 times, he's probably getting 4,000 passing yards, like five, assuming health. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I think there is some value there. He's going to be the second uh, QB in, in Eagles history to have 4,000-plus uh, passing yards. Carson was the only one to do it, and he did right. it without a receiver over 500 over yards. Over 500, yeah. Still crazy. Crazy still McNabb crazy. never did that, but I guess that was just a different era. Just different area. And, uh, this is, we're in a throwing league. We're in a passing league now. Yeah. Uh, as far as passing touchdowns are concerned, Jalen Hurts currently set at 21-and-a-half passing touchdowns. He just passed it last year, had 22. I think it's safe to say he's going to throw more of them. Next year, Devontae and AJ get more comfortable. Dallas Goddard's looking uh, to get his first 1,000-yard season. We'll talk about him a little later on. I think 21-and-a-half is kind of low. I know that he steals a lot of them at the goal line with his QB sneaks and that, but I think that he can get over 21-and-a-half. I think he can get to 25 around there uh, next season. What do you think about that, Lance? Yeah, I agree. Pretty much for the same logic. Um, and, I, I mean, how many times were the Eagles down at the one where they snuck it? Like, I feel like that that in and of itself is probably an outlier. The amount of, of one-yard <laughs> touch, yeah, the amount of one-yard touchdown runs. Like, the, I, I just from, like, listening to fantasy football podcasts, like, that stuff is never sticky year over year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even if you bake in, you know, A.J. Brown's missed a couple games every year aside from last year. Um, even with some some injuries, I still think he's going to cash this over. Like, that's that's, like not even that's like not even one and a half a game you know what i mean like he should like that's what i'm saying he, yeah he should be able to do that even like i said even if they're, they're not as good even if he misses two games i still think he'll cash this over like i said you assume he's gonna throw more that equates to passing touchdowns as well uh jalen hurts to throw 30 plus passing touchdowns currently plus 360 any value in that 360 is juicy that is juicy i that's, mean that's kind of that's a little that's a little nice yeah nice. you got to unitize responsibly of course um but yeah, I mean, 30, I mean, we see in Mahomes, not, I'm saying not saying he's Mahomes, but Mahomes put up 50. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, mm-hmm. the passing numbers are continuing to go crazy. And I think, you know, in a year where they might have some growing pains. I mean, you remember how things were two years ago before mm-hmm. um, Shane Steichen took over play calling duties? Like, they famously ran the ball twice against Dallas. You know, they threw the <laughs> ball They threw the ball a ton. So this next upcoming year will probably be somewhere in the middle between the two years that we've seen. Right, yeah. So I think that's kind of kind of worth a couple dollars if you if you yeah. want to throw ten bucks and turn it into 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 forty. I think yeah, go uh, ahead and sprinkle. I agree. Thirty plus touchdowns is, is definitely a good look for Jalen Hurts. Uh, now we move on to rushing. You know they paid him two hundred plus million dollars <laughs> to take less hits, but his current rushing line is set at seven hundred and a half. He ran for seven sixty last year. Um, is he going to truthfully run less as Nick Sirianni? Like you mentioned, you didn't pay him more to do less. I think you have to kind of by default because you do want him to survive and play deep into uh, December and January. Uh, 700 rushing yards. I still feel like that is, well, I'd be shocked. Like just seeing a 600 rushing total for him would seem kind of strange considering how much 
he runs the ball. Is he still going to scramble? Is he going to call his own audibles on plays that don't design him to run? Is he going to say, forget it? Now that DeAndre Swift is in the offense, is he going to check down more? Because up until now, his scramble was essentially the check down. Is Swift going to change any of that for Jalen Hurts? How do you feel about his prop line set at 700 rushing yards for the regular season? Yeah, it's a low number, but I'm on the under. Um, I just have a hard time believing they're going to run him as much last yeah, year as yeah. or run. Sorry, run him as much this year as they did last Especially year. Especially with the injury scare that already. Exactly. Like, let's not forget he's been hurt at the end of both seasons. Now, last year, obviously, his shoulder ended up being fine. He was incredible in the playoffs two years ago. Or he led us to believe to, it was fine anyway. Yeah, I mean the way he played. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean there were some scary words coming out before the playoffs started. Like you know, it's yeah, it didn't be, look good. Didn't yeah. Look good. Um, <laughs> But two years ago, like that ankle bothered him. Like whenever he heard it against the Giants, that first game against the Giants when they lost, that means a terrible game. Um, he, he, his rushing was never the same after that for that entire year. And then I think he wore a boot at the end of the Bucks game, if I'm remembering. Wasn't he in a boot in this press conference after the Bucks playoff loss? If I remember the correctly. Ankle injury, right? With, With the, the ankle, ankle one, two, two yeah. years ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that they're going to be smart about it. Like you, you see quarterbacks that are decent rushing quarterbacks that it's like a bait break in case of emergency type thing. And that's kind of, maybe this is more just me projecting what I hope happens, but I could definitely see them being like, all right, like we understand what it takes to play into February. And part of that is not, like I said, doing a QB keeper in the cold Chicago in December. Like I'll never get that out of my head. I remember being annoyed even before we found out about the injury. Like what are they doing mm-hmm. here? So I'm on the under you're, you're right. It's a low number. And like, can you really just see him ending the season with the numbers sick? Like, 625 like yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like with the six beginning with the six or even you know a five but i feel like to be as heavy heavy as i am on the passing yards over then you you kind of have to be on the under for the rushing yards yeah you gotta play both sides i think that's safe i think larry's gonna be in sirianni's ear like look man you yeah. just gave this guy a quarter of a billion dollars like let's not yeah. get him hurt in week two because you want to run qb bootleg 18 times a game how about we Ex- don't do that exactly uh, yeah against kansas city on monday night yeah you can have him run 10 plus oh, yeah. times that that's fine but you know the games you're gonna be at in tampa bay let's not yeah how about we don't do that uh against the washington football team or week one against the patriots when you could probably win that game just by airing it exactly out. So exactly that they can uh they can do that so we're under as far as 700 rushing yards over to his touchdowns which is a little different because on the goal line all bets are off we don't care about injuries you got people pushing you from behind you got the best offensive line of football in front of you get in the end zone six points is six points. I saw somebody on Twitter not too long ago say, I think the next step for Jalen Hurts is to is to throw for 30 touchdowns or something like that. Like, that's something I want to see him do. Would be cool to see. I don't care how you get the six points. Unless passing touchdowns count for 10 all of a sudden, then, then yeah. I'm all about it. But um, yeah. his current rushing touchdowns line is currently set at uh, nine and a half rushing touchdowns. I believe he, uh, well, he was one uh, rushing touchdown shy of the Cam Newton Rushing touchdown record, I believe, for quarterbacks. I, I've, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I think he was one shy of the uh, of the record. Uh, does he get in the end zone? Does he QB sneak in there 10 times next year, Matt? What do you say about that? And if so, does he get in there 15 times? 15 rushing touchdowns is currently set for plus 600. That's You want to talk about juice, wow. there's some juice. But that keep is... in mind, if he's doing that, he's breaking the record. Does he break the record? Does he cash people out at plus 600 at 15 rushing touchdowns? Yeah, so last year he had 13. Um, the year before that he had 10. So he's hit this basically, I mean, not basically every year he started for the same logic. I'm actually on the under here. Oh, um, really? I, yeah. I just they don't care. Goal line. They don't care. One yard line, throw it, you know, well, I get, <laughs> or hand it is, off to Rashad Penny like, or something. 
it's just unlikely they have that many plays where they're at the one yard line. I feel like every single time we looked up in a game, it was like, oh, maybe sneaking it from the one. three. Maybe sneaking it yeah, from the three. They don't true. care. <laughs> that's true. But listen, I, I'll ne- I'm not wishing this. I'll never get the Mahomes injury out of my head on the QB sneak. I will like I know they did it a ton last year, so clearly they're not concerned about it. But I just think you got to be safe and. Or the once ACL smash at the goal line. <laughs> yeah, but at least that wasn't a sneak. That was just getting, I don't know, just two people just running into Double-ended. Uh, but the Mahomes happened on a QB. Do you remember that happened, I don't know, four years ago? I don't recall this, actually. This is new to oh, me. Oh, literally happened on a QB sneak. He his, his um, he dislocated his kneecap on a QB sneak. So the Kansas City will never run it again. And I know Nick Foles hated it. I don't know if it was because of injury or he was just awkward and wasn't good at it. Because Nick Foles can't run, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, yeah, I know like he got ten two years ago. He got thirteen last year. But I'm on the under for this one as well. Mm, so no fifteen, no plus six hundred, huh? Not breaking. Well, the that's yeah. That wasn't the question. The question was ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe I'll skip the ten and say I'll maybe I'll dabble the fifteen. Like if he's gonna yeah. do it, then he'll do it. Then he'll do he'll and just 15. skip and skip skip the ten. Uh, all together. Speaking of Nick Foles, he might be the most like statue, non-mobile quarterback to f- ever effectively run the RPO as he did in the Super Bowl. Like that man ran it to perfection and never ran, not once. And never and, ran. And team yeah. still bid on it. And team still bid on it. It was crazy to see. They had um, Matt Patricia in hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully uh, the Eagles players don't have him in hell since now he's a part of the staff. I'm yeah. intrigued to see how this is going to work out. Nothing yet. No, no issues yet. Slain, Slain, Patricia, say, walking in different hallways. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Whatever's going on, they don't they, they ain't crossing paths yet. Yeah. So uh He's got slay in hell. Yeah, yeah, please, please no. Um yeah. the last prop we have here for Jalen Hurts is interceptions. It's currently set at eight and a half. He had nine in twenty twenty one. That's while missing two games. And he had or he had nine in twenty twenty one. I'm sorry, I read it wrong. And he had six last year while missing two games. Uh I, I was leaning under and then I remembered that he's kind of prone to throwing them late in a the year. He had three versus the Giants alone in 2021 in that ugly game, the Jalen Rager drop, all that stuff. Uh, he had two versus Chicago last year. He had one in the season finale that he had to play in against the Giants. He does a fairly good job of taking care of the ball. But once you get in the late in the year, I don't know if it's fatigue or you start taking more risks or whatever the case is. But he tends to throw a little bit more interceptions uh, later in the season. But currently eight and a half, I think. That's a very good line for Vegas. I think they set that at the perfect point. Uh, I would lean under if it was up to me just because of how good he's taking care of the ball. But then again, you think of how much more he's going to throw it. Is he going to hit double-digit ends? He's going to throw it more. Which side of the fence are you on there? Yeah, I'm on the over for this one for pretty much the same logic. Like, he's going to have to throw more. Um, And he's probably going to need to be more aggressive when he does throw. Like, you know. AJ and triple coverage, don't care. (laughs) Yeah, well, against the Steelers, that's not going to matter. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, even even when he threw in the second half last year, it was like, let's let's how can we be as safe as possible? I'm going to dump it down to Kenny Gainwell or just a quick six yard out route to that Dallas Goddard or Jack Stoll, who we well we all we all know how much he trusts Jack Stoll. Um, but again, he's probably going to be more aggressive, going to do a little more tight window throws, go deeper, stuff like that. Not that he's a bad deep ball thrower by any means; he's actually really good. But Very I just good. think in, in general, um, throwing more, throwing more aggressively. That just leads to more interceptions. This is, you know, I'm not saying he's going to have a Dak Prescott lead the league while missing five games type of year. That's not what I'm saying. But over nine, over eight and a half, I think he'll hit. Yeah. Well, Dak Prescott said we mentioned it on the last pod that he's That's not going to so throw funny. ten. He's going to throw He's throwing fifteen. He's throwing twenty. He's throwing. Was, he might not throw ten, but he'll throw sixteen of them. Which yeah, is funny. that was so funny. Like, dude, phrase it better. Come on, you're just leaving yeah, this open for people to say what we're saying. First of all, Dak is ass. Right, you're new, but that's the favorite button here, and that's. Oh, I know, that's, I know. I've, I've oh yeah, it. you're no. You listen. 
Yeah, that's yeah, the shitty, we're gonna be yeah. Oh, that's gonna be the funniest button to hit all year long. I can't wait to beat Dallas and play that shit just for forty minutes straight. Not even gonna do a. <laughs> that's the whole episode. Just gonna heat re- first, 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 first. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm hitting is that button. <laughs> first of all, Dak is ass. Oh, oh man, so I hope funny. he gets that uh, fucking uh, roll with a uh, with a uh, with Skip. I'm with that Skip? Would Oh man, so. Currently, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Matt says he'll go over eight and a half because he's going to throw more. I'll say under just because I feel like he takes care of the football. He might end with eight. He might very well end with eight. That's true. I'll say he ends with eight. Uh, On to the skill position players now. A.J. Brown over under currently set at 1,125 receiving yards. He set the franchise record last season for most receiving yards for a wide receiver at 1,496. DraftKings also has A.J. Brown to have 1,500 passing yards at plus 600. He was four away last year as uh, as the clear number one target. People want to make arguments. Devontae Smith can overtake him as number one. It's 1A, 1B. However you want to put it, A.J. Smith is still like the alpha receiver, regardless how however, however you want to structure it. Four yards short of 1,500 last year, and we've been saying all pod long, he's going to throw more. I feel like 1,500 at plus 600, unless he gets hurt and he misses, you know, five, six weeks, I feel like, I feel like that's good value. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's literally just asking, is he going to stay healthy or not? Because he's missed time. I guess his rookie year, I, I thought he missed time, but he played 16 games. Um, but his second year, he missed he missed two. His, his uh, third year, he missed four games. But I feel like, he, aside from last year, I think he always had some sort of nagging injury. Like, he was nursing a knee injury. He was even banged up a little bit at times last year. Like, yeah. came out for a couple of plays, came in, and then, like, wasn't targeted the rest of the game. So there's definitely some, like, phantom injuries in there last year Yeah. Somewhere. And they said, I think Sirianni tried to explain away when he was frustrated in that Giants game, like, oh, he was dealing with something, I think was what, like, something, never said turf toe, heel issues, never said what he was. Yeah, he's dealing with attitude is what he's dealing with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you're telling me he's staying healthy for even 15 games, he's probably going to cash the 1,125, 1,125. If he's staying healthy for 17 games, I mean... I guess he wasn't horrible in the two games Gardner Minshew played, but still, like Minshew, I mean, he ruined Christmas and he ruined New Year's. Take away that 80 yard bomb in the Saints. Not not looking too hot. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, if he stays healthy, this is an easy over. If he misses, let's say, three or more games, then it's going to be close. Um, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to stay as healthy as they were last year. So, I'm solely going to go under, solely because I think he's probably going to miss three games. And you hope that it's only three. Um, So, he missed every game last year. Like I said, he's, he's like, between him and um, Devontae Smith, he's probably more likely to get hurt just because he's a little bit more of a physical-style player. And Smith, just slim reaper, doesn't take contact, really. Except unless he's kick return or punt returning, then sometimes he'll get blown up. But that's going to be Britton Covey this year. And <laughs> Britton yeah. Covey getting clotheslined from hell <laughs> Dude, by JBL every single he, play. <laughs> he's like a wrestling match with uh, Britton yeah, Covey. So, talk yeah. about a crash dummy. Hey, he was top 10 in uh, punt return yards he, last year. Though. He was hey. good. He would just get smoked every time he got the <laughs> just ball. Just died. Just died. Yeah. It reminds me of me in high school when I played football. Like, I was quick <laughs> enough to get away from people. But if you caught me, oh, it was over. I was blacked out. You're getting getting, getting laid out. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was bad. So he reminds yeah. me. That's so, what happens when you're 5'8", 165, or whatever he is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, his wife roasted his height. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, not, yeah. it's 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 rude. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to have a phenomenal year. AJ Brown's incredible, Hall of Fame type receiver. It's really just health, and because he played 17 games last year, I don't necessarily think he's a 17 game type of player. Just his style. So I'll go under. Not because I think he's going to be bad. He's going to be amazing. Just because he's going to get hurt. And there's a lot of uh, good cornerback matchups coming up. Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you got the. Um... 
um, um, who's over there? Sauce Gardner with the Jets Sauce, and you got, Trayvon Diggs. However you want to feel about him, he can still lock people up. You got some good corners. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they're going to have some good games where he gets covered and then Devontae explodes or maybe we have a Goddard game or whatever the situation is. I would, I would hammer. I'd put my rent on that 1125 We don't recommend that. And that's just what I say. We don't <laughs> recommend you putting bill money on, on these bets. Yeah. And if you want to hammer something, I think that 1125 1500 is certainly worth a sprinkle uh, as well. Passing touchdowns, Matt, eight and a half. Uh, had 11 last year. I don't see a world where he doesn't get 10. I didn't look to see what he had with the Titans. That's my mistake. Uh, but I really don't see a world where he doesn't have 10 touchdowns next year. And A.J. Brown to score 10-plus receiving touchdowns is set at plus 170. I don't see how he doesn't clear that. Again, again, health. Yeah, so this I'm actually taking the over. Even if he misses three games, he's probably going to he's probably gonna hit get 10 touchdowns because you know, like, Hurts just loves throwing to him. And you mm-hmm. know that, like, that's a benchmark number for him, that double-digit touchdown. So even if he misses three games, like, okay, we'll just, we're going to get it's him probably to... probably an incentive in his contract for double-digit exactly. touchdowns in the whole... And yeah, he hit double-digit twice with the Titans. Uh, he had eight his rookie year, then he had 11-5, then 11 last year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to get 10. I, I, I'm pretty confident in that. So I, well, I don't like his yards because that's more of just, like, a games play type of thing i mean he could have like he could have two games like he did against the steelers where he's got three touchdowns and then you know against the titans he had another two like he's just he's a good deep threat he's good in the red zone it's just so easy for him to score so yeah i'll take i'll take the touchdowns it could go two weeks without scoring and then explode for like five in the next two weeks like that's exactly how, that's, and, you, that's, and okay. what i love about it is you know how um sirianni how cognizant he is of making sure his receivers are happy so if he goes two straight games without scoring He's going to get peppered every time the Eagles are in the red zone just to make sure they keep him happy. Yeah, they're definitely going to – and he knows, like, again, like, we don't we don't think A.J.'s a diva over here, but he showed the signs of it in the Giants. And is he going to be more comfortable this year demanding the ball in certain situations? Is he going to be like, nah, give me the ball. I'm the alpha here. Like, you need yeah. to throw me the ball. We'll see. It was all, like, you know, rainbows and daisies last year because we were winning. <laughs> but if it gets hairy this year, how's that, yeah. how's that going to play out? And he's a young guy, still young, you know, making a lot of money. You want the ball. And we'll see how that all – Shakes out. And did you say you took the under on receiving yards? The one, the eleven twenty-five. You took the under. Is that what you said? Correct. I took the under oh, wow. on that, and I took the over on touchdowns. See, you said got it, got it. You think his AJ Brown's over yards is a hammer? That's what I feel about this next one. We're going to talk about for Smith, which we can get into. But yeah, it, that was a health thing. AJ Brown's amazing. It's solely a health thing for the under receiving yards. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Smitty brought him up. Uh, his current receiving yards line is set at nine hundred. And 25, he had 1,196 last year. He made it known that hitting that 1,000 yards was a goal of his. He didn't do it his rookie year. He made sure that he did it last year. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown gave the Eagles their first wide receiver tandem to each be over 1,000 yards in franchise history, which is saying a lot. The years of Macklin and Deshaun and everything that was going on. Never did Well, it's not saying a ton because he had pinks in the thrash for a lot of years. So so maybe not saying a lot. But 925 seems, seems incredibly low. For a guy that could that could benefit from having CB2s on him, uh, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a defensive coordinator trying to figure out who to put on who, who's going to follow who. Are we just going to cover sides because they both are crazy? I don't know how they're going to do it. But at 925 receiving yards, I don't see. I don't see. Even if he he could miss five games and still get this, I don't see why this line is is as low as it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He, I mean, he's not going to miss it by over 200 yards. Or sorry, he's not going to have over 200 more fewer yards than he had last year. The, the phrasing of that. Right, yeah, turn, yeah. turn my brain into a pretzel. There's but, no way he misses this by 200 yards. Yeah, because yeah, last year he had like, like almost 1,200, so he's not going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, he's my favorite type of receiver. Like, I love the always open type of guys, like the Justin Jeffersons of the world, who you, like third and five, just just look at Smith and he's going to get open. Like, those are my mm-hmm. favorite type of receivers. And I'm, and I'm glad that 
Hertz took the leap he did passing because I was always worried that Smith wasn't going to be valued as good, like to people weren't going to give him the credit to be as good it as he is. It was looking rough his rookie year. It was. It was, <laughs> it was looking rough. Um, and even his rookie year, which was rough, 916 yards. Yeah, yeah he, he was the only receiver, so he didn't have A.J. Brown, but still, he still, like, even in a bad year for the passing offense, he had was nine yards short of hitting this over. So Hertz over passing yards is my favorite. That him Smith going over 925 is my second favorite. Um, I love I love Devontae Smith. He's my like AJ Brown's probably better, but Smith is more my style of receiver because I just love the guy. Like he's just gonna turn some cornerback into a pretzel. He's gonna fall over and then he's gonna be wide open for a third and five. Like that's my favorite type of receiver. It's so reliable. And I think in terms of like targets, I think he's gonna out target AJ Brown in game even in games that they play, whereas Brown's gonna be the bigger deep threat and the red zone guy. That's kind of how I feel between the two. Yeah, there's a reason why AJ had more yards and and Devontae had more receptions. That's just the exactly. kind, of, kind of players exactly. they are. Devontae yeah. set the franchise record uh, for most receptions uh, for in franchise history as far as receivers go last year. So I remember that was my prediction last summer. I think AJ leads the team in yards and, and Devontae leaves in receptions, and that's exactly uh, yeah. what happened. And even if you were to give me like a durability test, like who's going to play more games, I think Devontae does. Uh, he takes some hits you can, for a slim frame. He, he gets up yeah. every time he gets popped. It's scary. It he is gets scary. Up, he doesn't seem phased, but I'm just like, oh, I'm shit man how are we how are we yeah. doing this uh five and a half touchdowns he has seven last year as not even the focal point of the offense uh how does he not get six touchdowns next season yeah this isn't over for me as well i'm, I'm never going to count out Devonte smith um he's just so good i uh yeah this isn't over for me as well for pretty much the same logic like even though aj brown's a better red zone receiver there's still value in having someone like Devonte smith who can just turn a quarterback into a pre- cornerback into a pretzel and be wide open so and it's the same thing, like, if, if he goes two games, like, I'll never forget week one last year, he didn't mm-hmm. have a catch. The he whole week. Did he have a t- Oh, no, he had some targets. Never mind. He had, he, target. he, had a, he had a catch that got called back because of a penalty. And the whole week, the city of Philadelphia was freaking out. And on the first drive, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he had, like, four or three receptions or targets. Like, that same thing's going to happen this year. If he, has, if he goes two games without scoring, Nick Sirianni is going to say he's not going to third. Oh, it was that combined with uh... – it was that combined with A.J. Brown having like 100 and something yards and like A.J. Yeah. basically Jalen only looking at him. So they were like, oh, man, Jalen's going to look one way. Smitty's going to be upset. He's going to yeah. one out. He's not going to want to deal with this. A lot of that was going on then, uh, especially by the Washington game when he exploded. Uh, all those talks were, yeah. uh, were, were null and void. So we're hammering over five and a half. This is where we're at. We're hammering yards and touchdowns, yeah. Yards and touchdowns. Smitty as WR, probably one of the best. Who's the best WR2 in the league, do you think? There's a lot of Waddle fans. There's a lot of T. Higgins fans. Who who are you Who are you looking at as the best WR2 in I'm the league? Taking, I'm taking Smith. You I like, I like to, Waddle. Right? I like T. Higgins. I'm a big like Waddle fan. Big Waddle Waddle's fan. great. I love Jalen Waddle. He's great. Um, but Smith don't don't give my... me the T. Higgins nonsense. Don't do that. No, I'm with <laughs> you there. I, Smith is just my type of guy. Like He could be... Like if you put you switch him and Justin Jefferson and their offenses, I think Smith puts up the same numbers that Justin Jefferson does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good way. And he's gonna look to after after this season, he's eligible yeah. to get paid uh, next summer. So we'll see yep. if he gets that twenty twenty two twenty three and a half. And then you got a lot of money tied up in two receivers, but there's no way they don't do it. They're gonna have. There's yeah, some people got, asking me what they do with Smitty. They pay him. They pay. You got to pay him. I mean, we we survived the Jalen Rager and the Doyle Green Beckham and the Paul Turner years. Like you pay. Devonte Smith and AJ Brown, and you figure yeah, you it out. gotta you gotta keep them together by by any means necessary. Don't play yeah. the 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 fifth year option. Don't play the games. Just get it done. You see how that's working out for a lot of these running backs. Obviously, different position um, that the Eagles got ahead of the ball in by not paying running backs, and now everybody's trying to follow suit and ruffling feathers. And the Eagles are like, 
should have did what we did five years ago and just not pay yeah. him. So yeah. Now we don't look like the bad guy. Now Saquon's pissed and all these guys are pissed. And it's, it is uh, wild. Dallas Goddard, uh, if, I don't know if you listened to part of my take. I usually don't, but because Goddard was on uh, last week's episode, I did listen to it. And he said a few times that he really wants to hit that 1,000-yard receiving mark. Um, wasn't able to do it last year. Obviously, you add in uh, A.J. Brown into the mix. His line right now is set at 675 receiving yards. He had 702 last year. His touchdown mark is set at three and a half. He had just three touchdowns last year. I think Dallas Goddard is a top three tight end. Do we start passing to him as a top three tight end? Do we see, when does when does he? I know that he's when it comes to like top three targets, it's AJ Smitty and Dallas Goddard as like your top three options. And if you can't get the ball to them, look look elsewhere. Uh, how likely is it that Dallas Goddard let a, passes this line or even get to a thousand a thousand yards? Yeah, I don't even a, have a line for a thousand yards because the books don't think it's happening. But. It's too, they're too scared. They're not going to give even give that a price. Um, this is another <laughs> e- easy over. Like he hit it oh, last really? year. He missed five games, and then when he returned was when was the Gardner Minshew games. So he um, Gardner played. loves him some Dallas Goddard. <laughs> he does, but he I mean, but still, like I don't know. I mean, that Saints game, he, he nobody could do anything. Like Gardner was fine against the Cowboys, but that Saints game, he couldn't do anything. Um, and the thing with I like with Goddard is they have such like a break in case of emergency play where it's like okay, screen to Dallas Goddard. Like we need we need seven yards, screen to Dallas Goddard. Um, I remember he scored, I think against Washington on a screen. And I think against the Texans, if I remember correctly. Um, but he hit this last year. He hit this two years ago in terms, in terms of his receiving yards. He's just such a high-efficiency player because he's not a high-target volume like Travis Kelsey, but he doesn't but he doesn't need to be. Like He averaged 12.5, 12.8 yards per reception last year, 14.8. That's like unheard of for a tight end. Um, so, yeah, give me the over-receiving yards and the over-touchdowns. Yeah, three and a half is low. I know he only had three last year, but you said missed five games. He's definitely going to get more red zone looks. And if they're not sneaking it, Dallas got it, then becomes one of the top options in the red zone. Exactly. So I think uh, that works out well. Uh, onto the backfield now. We just talked about the running backs. Newly acquired DeAndre Swift uh, expected to be a uh, coveted part of this offense. His rushing yard line is currently set at 525 rushing yards. He had 542 his rookie year with Detroit, 617 in 2021 and he had 521 rushing yards last year as being benched and pulled out and, and all that was going on. And they, they obviously ran Jamal Williams a lot. He broke Barry Sanders' uh, touchdown record. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift, 525 rushing yards? I'm surprised we don't see a, re, uh, a reception line for him or, yeah, or a weird. receiving yards line because he's more of a receiver. I don't see him running the ball as much as some of the other backs. So I feel like I would lean under. I have a feeling you'll probably go in that direction as well. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I honestly have no idea what to expect from the running backs um, because yeah, I don't think I don't think even Sirianni does himself. So, so. That's true. I mean, like, <laughs> let, like let's not forget how good like Kenny Gainwell was significantly better than Miles Sanders in the playoffs. Like he had, he was Giants amazing. Game, he had hundred yards. Yeah, he was amazing in the playoffs. Um, and Swift is the he to me is the type of running back who you don't want to give a lot of volume to because he seems to kind of wear down. Like he hasn't missed a ton of games, but he's always got something nagging. And he's always been significantly better at the beginning of the year. I'll never forget week one. He, he tore us up um, than he is at the end of the year. So I think that they're going to use him a lot more as like a change of pace back, like how the Saints kind of used Alvin Kamara at the beginning of his career when it was like, you know, Mark, Mark Ingram was the big body back, the short yardage, mm-hmm. that kind of guy, and then Swift out of the backfield. So I'm taking the under on the rushing. Obviously, like 
Rashad Penny is going to miss time. It's just, is he going to miss a lot of time or is he just going to miss some time? So already that, talking that, huh? He's just going to miss time. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. running backs, it's unheard of in general from the play 17 games, but that's the thing. Like if, if, if depending on how much time Penny does miss, it's yeah, maybe he'll, they'll end up rushing him more than they want to, but I'm with you. I'm still on the under. Yeah, uh, my camera shut off for a second, but don't 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 worry about it. Uh, um, good. As far as uh, touchdowns are concerned, DeAndre Swift, uh, five rushing touchdowns is his line, four and a half, and uh, DeAndre Swift, ten plus rushing touchdowns. His value is set at plus three fifty. I personally can't touch any of these because we don't know who gets the ball at the goal line. There's four options, five options, just rushing options. Let alone if they throw the ball. Um, I feel like if they're in a goal line situation, that DeAndre Swift probably won't be the one to uh to to punch it in unless they throw it uh, to him in the flat or a situation like that uh how do you feel about his uh touchdown line so is it only rushing or does it include receiving it's just it include... rushing drafting yeah, said I'm... it was just rushing yeah yeah i'm out then I'm, I'm i'm on the under on that one i'm not i'm not even risking the over four and a half i'm not taking the 10 plus like yeah this is too my... volatile to even touch he's him. not going to take the Miles sanders role like he's just not so yeah. even if again penny misses a ton of time like i think uh game probably Kenny Gainwell is going to have a, uh, a big year. Like he's going to probably take more of that than we think. Not that Kenny Gainwell is the type of guy you want to give like a huge amount of work to, but he's, I just don't think that they're going to run him a lot, especially like the high value plays at the one that's going to be a sneak or it's going to go to Penny. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I love DeAndre Swift. I think he's so talented, but in terms of how they're going to use him, there's just a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the safe way to go. Uh, Rashad Penny, his line currently set at 600 and a half rushing yards. The books envision him as the RB one, as far as carries and rushing yards is concerned. Uh, I've been, I've said numerous times on this pod that if, um, if he's healthy, if even if he plays 12, 13 games, he might lead the league in rushing on this offensive line. So good after contact uh, is, is up there in yards per carry. I think as far as even the all time is concerned, yards per carry, it's just that he's not healthy very much. If he can stay upright for 12, 13 games, he'll, he'll hit a thousand yards regardless. I think 600 yards is safe unless he like season ending injury, God forbid something happens like that, but he could miss a chunk of the season. And I still think he hits 600 yards. There's definitely going to be a, a three or four, maybe 500 yard games in, in the season from Rashad Penny. It's just I, uh, when do they come and how often do they come? I, I would hundred percent agree with you. If he, if he plays eight games, he's going to hit this over. If he plays 10 games, he's going to smash the over. Um, so it's really just like 100% dependent on health, which we can't predict. Like the, the, the scary thing with him is his injuries have come in all shape and form. And some of them have been serious. Like you don't know how long they are. You don't know when they're coming. You don't know what body part, nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like out of a scary movie. Um, you could get hit by the, the demon anytime. So yeah, but either way, like unless he tears his ACL in like week two, he's going to smash this over solely because of like how offensive efficient line. of a runner he is, the, how good the offensive line is, how much teams need to worry about hurts running the ball. Like it's just such a, Everybody said it's such a running back from the offense, and they were—I mean, everybody was right—and got Miles paid because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's actually was the highest-paid running back this offseason. You know, everybody Which else crazy. got tagged: Josh Jacobs, uh, Saquon, all these other backs got tagged. Miles Sanders got the highest contract at four years, twenty-five million. I know he's the only one that got the that got a deal. I guess because he was officially a free agent, but still. Yeah, because he nobody else had tags. Like he was just strictly a free agent. And exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, we're not we're not paying y'all. And now the whole entire Eagles running back room is uh, cheaper than that. Let me ask you a question. I know Boston Scott and the Giant Killer, and they keep him for those two games. Yeah. 
Uh, any chance? I don't know how big of a Trey Sermon fan you are. Any chance he edges out Boston Scott to make this roster? Do you think, or does he just practice squad? Call him up if Penny gets hurt. Yeah, I think he's probably a practice squad guy. Like they seem to love Boston Scott, and I feel like Scott can do like he can be more he's the highest of, like, paid uh, back on this roster. By the way, Boston Scott. That's crazy. I actually didn't know that. That's insane. Um, even aside from like the fun giant killer stuff, when. At the end, I remember at the end of the 2019 season when the Eagles basically had no uh, receivers. He was huge out of the backfield, and then he became like, "Oh, actually, we're just going to run him up the middle." And he's like a not—he's like a not horrible short yards back. So I think they're going to hold him just because he can kind of wear different hats. Like depending on if someone goes down, he can just take that role. If he—if they need him to be more pass catching, if Swift goes down, that's fine. If they need him to do more rushing work, if Penny goes down, he can do that. Yeah, I think and he's even used in the goal line. He's so small and shifty sometimes. You can put him down there at the goal like, line, too. It's like what they would say about Darren Sproles, like the similar yeah, logic. Yeah, do whatever. So, like, you would bet, you could bet Robert Shot Penny anytime touchdown, getting the goal line. Oh, Boston Scott's in there on the third down. He gets in. Like, it's 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 all the bad memories coming back from trying to figure out who the hell is going to score the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for uh for for the Eagles but yeah I saw some people saying like maybe Rashad Penny doesn't make the roster if he doesn't impre- like he's making this roster dude like he's, he's gonna on make, the roster. I, he's gonna I make agree. the roster like let's not yeah let's not do this a lot of people weren't sure you could trace Sermon that 19 yard carry against the Jags excited a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we saw of him that was it yeah. oh man so we'll, we'll see he has some talent we'll see what happens there uh switching defensively now Hassan Reddick his line set at 11 and a half sacks at 16 last year uh didn't get enough talk as potential defensive player of the year didn't not saying he should have won it but there was like no consideration nothing for a guy that was on the tear that he was um you take out Javon Hargrave which is big in the pass rush not so much in the running game but he really does pinch the pocket uh when he's in there Javon Hargrave they're expecting Jalen Carter Milton Williams to come in there and fill his shoes does the loss of Hassan or does the loss of Javon Hargrave affect Hassan Reddick at all? Does the addition of Nolan Smith affect Hassan Reddick at all? Where do you stand as far as 11 and a half sacks is concerned? I still think he's getting 12. He's just he's just so good off the edge. You don't and even need one every game. You don't even need one every game. Exactly. And he, like, he came alive in the playoffs when he, I mean, he basically wrecked the game for both the Giants and the 49ers. Not even ta- talking about that he basically injured every 49ers quarterback. Like he just wrecked the game. Maybe that's why you don't put a backup tight end on him. Um, but yeah, like assuming he stays healthy, I see no reason why he doesn't get double digits easily. And I don't see why he doesn't get 12 plus. Like I, I love Hassan Reddick and every elite defense, you need to have a pass rusher like that. Um, and that's what he is. Like, I don't think Nolan Smith is going to take that much work from him, especially in year one. I will admit it's a little bit scary. Their defensive line, just like, I feel like their, their defensive tackles specifically has such a high ceiling, like they could be amazing, but also a low floor. Like if Fletcher Cox takes another step back, if Jordan Davis doesn't take the step forward that we're hoping, if um, you know um, uh, the guy from other guy from Georgia, Jalen Carter, if he, you know, he's a rookie and if he doesn't come up as quickly as people expect, I could see them just shifting a ton of energy and um, attention towards Reddick. But I'm still taking him to get 12 plus. Like I'm not counting that guy out. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason to bet against him. He stayed healthy. He played every single game. There's no reason to to bet against that. Uh, from yeah. my perspective, edge depth isn't even all that great. Like, got Derek Barnett still hanging around. I'm waiting for the Yannick Ngakwe signing. It's coming eventually. <laughs> when are we doing Kyle Van Noy? Still a free agent. I think he could fill like a Chris Long kind of role. I'm waiting. I'm seeing what's going to happen. But, yeah, Sound Reddick, 12 sacks. I think that is a, a safe bet. Um, We have interceptions. Darius Slay set at 2.5. James Bradbury also set at 2.5. Neither guys are really big interception guys, more of past breakup guys, hence why they lead the league since 2016 
in past breakups. Uh, each of them d- were able to get to three last year, even with CJ taking a lot of them. Uh, where do you stand as far as the interceptions? Can each of these guys or one of are able to snag three interceptions? Slay drops a lot of them, so I don't know if you want to <laughs> bank on that. Bradbury, he, he, his interceptions are few and far in between. Where are we at as far as this prop is? Yeah, so I'll, I'm, I can get behind the over for Bradbury. I like James Bradbury, but I'm on the under for Slay. Um, I wasn't necessarily a team that they should have gotten rid of him, but I also wouldn't have been devastated if they did. Uh, so we had three last year. Do you know the quarterbacks that he intercepted last year? Who, Bradbury? Yeah, no, um, Slay. Oh, Slay. Uh, no, nah, I'm not sure, no. Not Aaron Rodgers. We all know it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was Reed Blankenship. <laughs> uh, he, so he intercepted Kirk Cousins twice and Cooper Rush once. And I think that was, what, week five against Dallas? That was his last interception of the year. And... Slay was just simply not as good at the end of the year as he was at the beginning of the year. Like he got, I'll never forget him getting torched by um, Terry McLaurin in that Monday night game that we lost. Just got taken to the woodshed. And like, I'm not saying Slay's going to be bad, but he took a step back last year. I think there is reason for concern because he's an older cornerback and that's a position that you don't want to be older at. So Slay, I am not going to take the over, but for plus money, like I think they're both plus money for Slay and Bradbury, like one of them probably will, and I'll put my money behind Bradbury. Uh, Slay is plus money, Bradbury. No, uh, Derry Slay is even money. Bradbury is plus money. Oh, okay, okay. Just kidding, so, just kidding. I read it wrong. Slay is plus 120. James Bradbury is even money. See, that, I would not have thought that Bradbury would, would not have his favorable odds, but I would still take Bradbury over Slay. You don't think of like interceptions when you think of James Bradbury. You think like he's yeah. going to get his hand on the ball and he doesn't pick off a lot of passes. Slay had the chance for like six of them last year and just didn't like catch yeah. him. Like he had lost in the lights. Whatever, whatever the case is over there. But yes, Slay, I don't want to catch flag for this, but Slay did like t- 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 tail off towards the end of the year. Like he was getting beat a little more often. Like didn't Kenny Galladay beat him? I think once. Yeah, on that you're right. Week 18. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I think Slay's still very good, obviously. And I was very upset when when he damn near left the team. Um, I'm glad they're both back. I'm glad you're able to retain both stout corners from from uh, this this number one pat ranked pass defense that was last season. Uh, just need them to stay healthy. And they're, they're, those hamstrings on both cornerbacks are going to be tested, especially in that Miami game. Waddle oh, and Tyreek yeah. run all over the place. If their hamstrings aren't pulled by then, they might be in that game. So we'll have to see the, what the Zach McPherson's, Avante Maddox, Josh Jobs, the Eli Ricks, the uh, the Keely Ringos of the world. For the first time in a long time, the Eagles have some young talent in the room. We have to just wait for somebody to, uh, to emerge and no better mentors to study behind than Bradbury and Darius Slay. Uh, so to round up this show, we do have a few regular season specials that you guys can find on FanDuel that uh, that are very juicy if you guys are into that kind of thing. Uh, first, Matt, we have Eagles to score one-plus touchdown in every single regular season, regardless, rushing, defensive, passing, just one touchdown in every single regular season game at minus 170. Is that worth even looking at? Is the is the juice not worth it? Where do you, how do yeah. Yeah. I don't love the minus 170, but this did hit last year. And only two games last year did they even only have one touchdown. And I'm sure you can guess it. That was week 17 with Gardner Minshew and the Saints, and that was week 18 where they had the most vanilla game plan you'll ever see. So this – Yeah, literally, literally, yeah. This should hit. I don't love minus 170, but this should hit. Yeah, it'll hit. I'm not betting it just because the juice. Uh, Parlay it with something else if you want. It's a good parlay piece if you want to do a futures parlay, whatever you're into. Yeah. Uh, I would use it there uh eagles to reach the nfc championship game plus 160 are they nfc favorites yet again yeah i mean just to so this is just to reach the nfc championship game i feel like just to they reach prob- not win it just, yeah. just to get there just to get there i feel like they probably should like the nfc is so 
is so sadly weak. Like if you're telling me, and I'm not a quarterback I perspective. With you. Who's the second best QB? Who is it? Dak? Is it? Yeah. Um, Kirk. And like, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, okay, the Vikings are fine, but I'm not trusting Kirk Cousins to win two playoff games. I'm certainly not telling you the Cowboys are probably going to even win one playoff game. If they get to divisional run, that's that's an L. Uh, this 49ers, I mean, we haven't talked about them. And I, I, I know you mentioned it, I think might have maybe on the Super Bowl, but just a, what a total group of lose, lovable losers that they are. I mean, the crying that they did. And it starts from the head coach. And I think, like, I can think of two examples where a head coach cried his way all offseason. It was Matt Nagy after the double doink. He made such a mockery out of that whole kicking competition. And I think his brain broke after that. Nagy was At least never that same. you had, like, you had substance to complain, though. Like, it was just luck. Like, you just, like, we lost because yeah. of luck. At least you can kind of, like, I don't condone, like, whining and bitching and stuff, but at least that time you can be like, we lost on a fucking double doink. We do it as Sixers fans with the Kawhi shot with Shanahan, who, number one, is not absolved of any blame. He refused to take any blame for the game plan, letting Tyler Croft block Hassan exactly. Reddick. Like, all I know. Like, come on, man. And, like, okay, so, yes, Sixers fans complain about the Kawhi shot. You don't hear Brett Brown, you don't hear Joel Embiid saying, like, oh, if that shot didn't go in, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the players. TJ McConnell just did. Not yeah, T.J. McConnell, and he plays, and he plays for the Pacers now. <laughs> I did see that T.J. McConnell did. Um, but, I mean, dude, they had, like, the Matt Nagy. I don't know how much. I was obsessed with this story because I just think he's crazy. Like, he had a kicking competition where kickers would kick specifically from the spot at the stadium where Cody Parkey missed it. Like, his brain just broke. And then the same thing with Sean Payton, which, like, that was a totally horrible call. I'm not I'm not saying that. But the same thing. He made the, the NFL make a rule change because of that pass interference call. And then they took it away after a year. So I just feel like if there's any team that's a top five favorite to go to the Super Bowl, the 49ers are easily my team that could not even make the playoffs. Like they got a weak division outside of uh, Seattle. Sure. But I just think when your head coach is that much of a loser and he's a coward who doesn't go for it on fourth down, like I'm just not scared of the 49ers. So I just need to get that rant out of the way. Anyways. Um, I'm not scared of Dallas. I'm not scared of the uh, 49ers, as I mentioned. Like yeah. the Lions, I think, are getting too Seattle. much love. I told you Seattle. Could be man. Seattle. But then, okay, so that's one team. Maybe they'll meet them in the NFC Championship game. So to reach it at plus 160, I feel like, again, if you're playing just probabilities, sure, the most likely scenario is that something goes wrong and they don't make it. But for plus 160, like you don't need to win 50% of the time to make money. So I'll gladly take that. Even if you they don't get the one sneak in the wild card and just get exactly. hot. Like, you, like, like it happens all the time. Like even, exactly. if they have, even if they slump like for a part of the season, sneak in and still get hot. Like anything, anything can happen. I would, I'll, I'll, I'll take that 11 out of 10 times for them to reach, not even win it, just to reach. Literally the, uh, go to the NF, game. NFC yeah. Champions. I totally, nobody, I totally nobody agree. Nobody's scared of Dallas. Like you said, nobody's scared of the Vikings. Nobody's scared of, give me like Seattle, and if Chicago pulls it all together, like, give me them. Yeah. Like, give me them. If they can pull it together and Justin yeah. Fields, you know, is DJ more now, give me them. I'll take them. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Speaking of Dallas, Eagles to defeat Dallas on the road and at home in the regular season. So essentially to sweep the Cowboys this year, plus 185. Uh, too rich for my blood because we always split some type of way. Don't matter who's better than who. Maybe we finally get a Jalen versus Dak. Maybe they're both healthy at the same time. Finally, yeah. for the first time since since uh, Jalen's rookie year. But uh, I I feel like they're just going to split. That's just the way it goes with these two teams. Even at plus 185, it's not worth it to me anyway. I agree. Do you know, I looked this up, the last time the Eagles swept Dallas, do you know when that was? Uh, was it before 2010? It was the 2011 Dream Team year. Oh. That's the last time they And they actually Dallas. won those games that disaster year? <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you imagine that? Um, yeah. And since, also since then, they've been swept three times, which is actually pretty sad to think about because, like, they own the Giants. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Eagles mostly and Cowboys mostly sweet, but it's been 
in terms of head-to-head matchups, the Cowboys have the advantage. So we got swept. Was that the uh, Felix Jones year? Like we lost in the final game of the regular season, then we lost to them again in the wild card in like 2009. Like, was, it was McNabb's oh, last was, year, right? McNabb's yeah, that last was year? terrible. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was terrible. Felix I Jones right all over us. Jeez. Got shut out in the last game of the year. And if we had won, we would have had the first round bye, which would have been huge. Because yep. Andy Reid never loses after the bye. Um, yeah, that was. They get shelled in the wild card game, and then McNabb gets traded, and that, that's all. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> that, that that's is a that. different era of, of Eagles football. So, I mean, and also you're basically saying, like, if you were to parlay the Eagles' money line twice, you would get better odds than plus 185. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't yeah, think yeah. That, that that price is worth it. Yeah, certainly not worth it. Yeah, I think Dallas finds a way to win. Um, Jerry World is a different thing. You'll never know. Uh, two reds from my blood there. Uh, Eagles yeah. to go undefeated in the NFC East. Um, plus 900 to sweep the NFC East. Go 6-0 against the uh, the Commanders or whatever the name is going to be. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Whatever is going to happen, they have to go to that. Plus 900. Um, this is a little bit worth it to me. Like, if they're, go- if they're going to sweep Dallas, then they're probably going to sweep the NFC East, I think. I, I think the Giants have a chance to be better. They signed Cole Beasley today, so they officially have the greatest group of wide receiver threes I've ever seen on a roster. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, they only need Daniel Jones to just be what he was last year. Uh, we have to see what's going on with Saquon. I don't know what the deal is with Saquon, if he's going to show up, if he's not, whatever the deal is there. But I feel like if you're going to sweep Dallas and you have a good chance at sweeping the NFC East, even though Washington always gives us fits uh, some type of way. Uh, plus 900, I think it's worth I think it's worth 10 bucks. Where are you at? Yeah, I agree with you there. That the plus nine hundred, I will I will take because you're right. It's like they're going to be favored hev- probably heavily against the Giants and the Commanders unless something drastic happens. So then you're basically just saying like, all right, I can get plus nine hundred on them to beat the Cowboys twice. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if that gets hurt, that's not crazy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Even though Cooper Rush had a better record, uh, <laughs> a yeah. winning record, uh, we will say what four um, and one. Yeah. Yep. As as a start, guess who the one was. Yeah, I, I can't pretend remember. <laughs> okay, I can't think of it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Eagles to score. Here we go. Now we got the juicy ones. You guys want the degenerate bets where you can win a couple hundred bucks? Here they are. Eagles to win. One plus – or sorry, Eagles to score. One plus rushing touchdown in every single regular season game plus 1,500. I don't know what uh, – I don't think they did it last year. Uh, I'm not sure. You'll, you probably have the data over there. But, uh, Matt, how you feel? Eagles to rush into the end zone at least once. Just have one rushing touchdown, regardless of who does it, in every single regular season game, plus 1,500. I ain't mad. It was, uh, for the record, this was much higher, like, some months ago. This was, like, plus, like, 4,000, and it came all the way down because the public found it. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the chances? So, the only game it didn't hit last year was the Saints game. Well, just one I mean, game? The yeah, game without Jalen? Yeah. Just one game. I know we talked about that. Like, we've referenced that Gardner Mitchell game a ton on this podcast. Because <laughs> we hate it. We hate yeah. It. <laughs> he literally ruined Christmas and New Year's. I'll never forgive him. Um, the only game it didn't hit was that game. And we'll, we'll talk about the, the one plus passing touchdown. So, yeah, for fifth, there's not a lot that I would tell you not to take at plus 1500. You know what I mean? Like, that's like uh-huh. a, I, I don't even like 5% win percentage that you need to hit to make money on 1500, if not even more. So, is there a five percent chance that the Eagles score a rushing touchdown in every game? One hundred percent, of course. So yeah, that's that's worth a sprinkle. You put ten bucks, you're winning one fifty. That's worth a sprinkle. The crazy thing is, is that these odds are worse than the odds on the next prop. Eagles to score one plus passing touchdown in every regular season game. You and I have said numerous times that the Eagles are expected to pass more this year. Um, if is Jalen going to throw or somebody? <laughs> well, we don't care if it's the running back. Somebody yeah. can throw a passing touchdown in every single regular season game at plus eighteen hundred. I would actually feel more comfortable with this than the rushing. I think Jalen can at least throw one every single game, especially with the way the year is looking. 
I agree. The only game that this didn't hit, including the two Gardner Minshew games, was Week 18 when they had one rushing touchdown and then the, again the preseason game plan. So took the gas off. Yeah. Yeah. If unless you know if, if they have Week 18 locked up or like the, the division locked up by Week 18, maybe they have one of those games like the Super Bowl year when I think they lost like six to three against Dallas when uh, oh, no like yeah. when nobody played in that game like nobody cared. Sure. Maybe if we have Nate, Nate Sutfeld, nasty Nate playing mm-hmm. every snap. But, uh, yeah, for plus 1,800, like, yeah, they could easily have one plus passing touch on every game, even if Hurts misses time. Mariota can throw one, or uh, if the other guy. Um, <laughs> I don't know, he, can he? <laughs> I mean, he stinks, but he can throw Tanner one. McKee? Tanner McKee, yeah, the pro-ready quarterback? Tina McKay or Ian Book, give me them. Yeah, Tanner McKee, the most uh, – if you want to if you wanted to build up a guy who is not prototypically made for this offense, Tanner McKee is your guy. You want, we got Jalen Hurts. We want somebody who can run this playbook. It's not Tanner McKee, guys. All right. It's, it's not. It's not. We, we're running Tom Brady. Guys, in the camp, that dude has two left feet. We used to make those jokes with Nick Foles. Tanner McKee is not running RPOs. He, won't, he will not be rushing a whole lot. On to the last bet we have for you. This is where it gets fun. Well, it's been fun, but this is where it's at. Yeah. Eagles to run the table. The perfect season, 20-0, not to lose a game, to go 17-0 in the regular season, to win every game and win the Super Bowl championship, plus 5000 20 bucks to win a stack if you believe – Eagles can run the table. How crazy is it, Matt? How crazy? <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but I mean, <laughs> come on. You, what you're honestly better off doing, and this, nobody's going to actually do this, is you, there are like the sports book, you can basically have the option to like parlay something, but choose to put in the leg later. So what you should really do to get significantly better odds is just parlay their money line every single game and then just, and then just wait to add to it the next week, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But for plus five thousand, yeah, ten bucks to win five hundred, it's definitely worth it. It's always yeah. worth it. Run the table, right? Just go say exactly. Win every single game, no issues. We don't care about the we don't care about the Bills, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Rams. Don't none of nobody, nobody, nobody scares us. We gonna go into every single stadium, win that game, and cash out twenty bucks for a stack at the end of the year. Sounds good to me, uh, Matt. Any other? I don't know what else you, you've looked at in the meantime. Any other props? Anything NFL wise you have circled that the people might want to know to throw a couple bucks on? Not even just Eagle specific. Anything NFL wise that you have your eyes on that maybe be worth uh, a few bucks as far as the futures markets are concerned? Yeah, I have. I um, hasn't released yet, but I just recorded a video. Uh, hot takes for the upcoming NFL season. I got three, so I can just rattle those off real quick. Uh, Bills mm-hmm. missed the playoffs at plus two hundred. Um, I'm just not a Bills guy. Like, Steph, there's already weird stuff going on with Stefan Diggs before the season even starts. That's scary. Um, I do think, and this is painful to say, that it's just solely for the fact that nobody's won back-to-back NFC East since 0304. It's worth a sprinkle mm-hmm. on Dallas to win the division at plus 185. What I'm not the playing. Giants? If, if, the, if the Eagles don't win the division, it's going to be the Giants. You don't think it'll be there, Dallas? Whatever, the plus 600, whatever it is, I'll take it. I can um, look I'll... that up real quick. And then my last one... And my official Super Bowl pick is I like the Bengals. They were my pick last year uh, to at least to beat the Chiefs at least, and I think they would have done it if they didn't have a bunch of offensive line injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I think Joe Burrow. I just I just love he's so good. Um, so those those are my three hot takes for like plus money future bangers. Um, all right, divisions. Here we go. NFC East: Cowboys or the Giants plus seven hundred. Yeah, give me that all day. If the, if the Eagles don't, for whatever reason, the Giants will do it. The Giants will so do it. So you don't it. think I'm, it'll be Dallas? I think that's. Nah, I mean, don't give me, don't give me Dallas. I'm not. I'm not about. I'm, I'm not about that I, life. I can't get behind. The, <laughs> I can't get behind the Giants. I mean, I, I I can. I can do. I can do it happily. I love Saquon. I'm sure he'll probably play. He's too too good not to, and he has too yeah, much pride play. not to play. 
But uh, yeah, give me, give me, give me that for the value plus seven hundred. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll do Dayball, and it's and it's mostly because of Dayball. He has that team at least motivated and 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 ready to win, and they he's gotten the most out of Daniel Jones, which is hard to do. So we'll see <laughs> what they can what what they can do. And they got some talent, Darren Waller. I mean, they got some they got some guys that can catch a football now. So we'll see uh, yeah. where that goes. Uh, any final things? Want to wrap up? Put a bow on before we uh, before we get up out of here. No, I just, I appreciate you having me. It's always fun to talk birds, always fun to talk bets. So when you combine the two, it's a great time. So no, I appreciate you having me. Hell yeah. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this edition of the Philly Pod. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe. If you're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you are, please sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything coming up in the future. Training camp starts on Tuesday. Best believe we will have notes, takeaways, all that fun stuff next week for you guys. Uh, when that kicks off, be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod Met. Go ahead and run off the platforms. Where really can the people find you and bother you and bet endless money on home runs that will probably never hit? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at my Twitter handle, Jedi Modi. Uh, YouTube, I think it's technically Jedi Modi Sports Betting. Just, just search Jedi Modi on a social media platform, and that's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Dang, there's over 40 units on just home runs. Imagine Dongs. if you bet like hits and bases. Like, man, you'd be up a lot. But who wants to do that when you can just win money on homers and get- be done with it? Yeah, you get such an you exhilarating feeling. Your strikeouts three, too, though. You like strikeouts. Strikeouts are fun, but I mean, home runs. Like I, yesterday, I gave out three, two hit. I was up seven point five units. Like that, you can't Dang. beat that. Are you a round robin guy? I hate when people say, "Oh, cash the RR." I'm like, "Nah, man, I want the whole thing." No, get, get I, I'll do it straight up, and I'll do parlay, <laughs> and and that's it. And what's the rule we always say? Don't run them three legs. Two strong ones. Yes, strong we do ones. say. And what that. do I, I do? And what do I do? I, I do five. I you do, do five. like seven, yeah. <laughs> I send you nine legs. Why didn't this hit? Shocker, we don't know. Pain, yeah, pain. <laughs> Come on, man. Ten legs ain't asking for all for all that. Which thank you guys for tuning into this. We'll be back next week to talk training camp and everything else that's going on with Eagles football. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hope we at least make you some type of money at the end of the football season. We'll catch you guys next week. Until then, peace out from the Philly Pop. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.